hey, it's never too early to think about a Father's Day gift or just a gift to the guy in your life who hits the gym as much as I do. So let me say thanks to our fitness and training apparel sponsor, 10,000. 10,000 is a direct-to-consumer company, no middleman, so you get premium fabrics, trims, and techniques that other brands simply can't afford. Go to 10,000.cc slash frank to receive 15% off your purchase. I'm Frank Figluzzi, former FBI Assistant Director for Counterintelligence. Join me on a journey to explore our nation's security, the forces that threaten it, and the people who preserve it. Let's talk with insiders in and around the intelligence community, law enforcement, and the military, including, of course, the FBI. They'll take us deep into their stories, their mission, and their lives as we go behind and beyond the Bureau. Hey, I wanted to get out a special edition of the Bureau with Frank Figluzzi to cover some breaking news of last week that may not have gotten the full attention it deserved. So let's get right into the New York Times reporting by Mike Schmidt and Maggie Haberman on Thursday, May 12th, breaking the news that there's a federal grand jury sitting into the investigation of the handling or mishandling of classified White House documents that were squirreled away at Donald Trump's place in Mar-a-Lago in Florida. You'll recall that we're talking not about just a couple of classified documents mistakenly stuck to a box somewhere, but rather 15 boxes containing classified, even top-secret classified information that had been sitting at Mar-a-Lago post the Trump presidency. So why do I say this is big news and uh, understandably big news that was kind of subsumed under the bigger news last week that the select committee investigating January 6th had subpoenaed five members of Congress? Yeah, that's, that is really big news. But I'm teasing out the lesser news of the week, the news that there's now a federal grand jury looking into those boxes of classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. So let's, let's run through it. First, despite the fact that there are some analysts on cable news saying, hey, this is just a uh, security inquiry. This is just a damage assessment. DOJ's got to cover their their bases and figure out what happened. And so they called this grand jury. Let me, let me say this clearly. It's not right. It's not right. You don't get to a grand jury just because of a damage assessment or a, a, a spill, as they call it, or a leak, um, just, to, just to figure out what happened. You get to a grand jury because you have suspicion that a crime has occurred. Yes, there'll be a damage assessment. Yes, of course, they're figuring out, need to figure out where, which agencies did these documents come from and who needs to figure out who saw what, when, and who had access and what's the damage. Of course, but that doesn't get you to a grand jury. So there's, a, there's an element of criminality here um, that DOJ has uh, in mind and that they're focused on. We also learned from the New York Times reporting that prosecutors have issued a subpoena to the National Archives for these boxes of classified, even top-secret documents. And so I've seen a lot of questions, understandably, out there in the social media realm saying, hey, why 
Why would DOJ, a government agency, government institution, why would they have to hit another government agency, the National Archives, with a subpoena for documents? Why couldn't they just say, hey, pretty please, uh, National Archives, you asked us to look into this. Um, Just give us those documents so we can take a look. Well, presidential documents, White House docs, are generally sealed for a five-year period. So if the National Archives is saying, boy, we're going to have to veer from practice protocol, even regulation, to give DOJ a look, at these things, uh, we need some paper to cover our rear ends. And that paper has come, according to the New York Times, in the form of a subpoena, a grand jury subpoena. So all the I's are being dotted, all the T's being crossed, and they need to be in this high-level sensitive investigation. Again, this is a mishandling investigation. And mishandling, don't be mistaken by other talking heads out there. Mishandling case is a criminal case. There's an actual violation called mishandling of classified documents. It's a violation of federal law. And there's, there are a lot of folks out there saying, oh, well, mishandling is rarely uh, charged criminally. I disagree with that. In my experience, I've seen it, certainly seen it charged. There are numerous examples. I think many people are confusing this with a leak investigation. And leak investigations are seldom successfully prosecuted because they're fraught with all kinds of, of, of constitutional issues about freedom of the press. They're sometimes fraught with whistleblower, valid whistleblower reasons for disclosing and leaking. This is not a leak case. This is a criminal mishandling case. So let's keep that in mind. Mishandling is different. I think this case, to use a term that prosecutors and agents use, I think this case has legs. I think it has legs because DOJ wouldn't have convened a grand jury unless they thought they had some evidence that could overcome a likely defense by former President Trump that he just simply, in his authority to do so in his last days of office, he just simply declassified All of these documents, no harm, no foul, have a nice day. That's a likely defense, by the way, and that defense could work. He is the ultimate classifying and declassifying authority of the United States government. I, in my days at the FBI as assistant director for counterintelligence, I was an original classifying and declassifying authority with regard to certain FBI classified documents, but you don't get any higher and the ultimate authority, the president of the United States. So, so DOJ's got to be looking at this likely defense, right? They're going to say, boy, if, if we've got Trump here doing this with these boxes of classified, he's simply going to say, I declassified them. I'm good. Uh, you've got nothing here. They, they must have something more here, I think, to convene a grand jury. Hey, I am psyched for our official fitness apparel sponsor, 10,000. Fitness has been an important part of my life since the FBI Academy. And it's more important than ever now that I'm trying to age gracefully. So if I'm in the gym, I need clothes that work for me no matter what my workout is. Today, I wore the tactical short, the ultimate combination of durability, mobility, and versatility. It was created and developed with individuals from special ops teams across all branches of the military, Navy SEALs, Marine Raiders, Army Green Berets, Army Rangers, and Air Force Special Ops. They came up with features to withstand the demanding and ever-changing requirements of military fitness. There's ultralight ripstop fabric, tough-as-nails waistband, 
permanent anti-odor treatment, no bounce pocket, medium compression anti-chafe liner, and four-way stretch for maximum range of motion. I love their durable shirt, too. It's nicknamed the sweat rag. It's made of premium poly cotton blend and created for anti-odor protection. The shirt was built with comfort and extreme durability in mind. 10,000 makes the highest quality, best fitting, and most comfortable training shorts I've ever worn. I never have my phone pop out of an open hip pocket. I never have my waistband roll, and they seamlessly transition from land to water. 10,000 offers free shipping and returns and a lifetime guarantee. If you're looking for a Father's Day gift, this is it. 10,000 is offering you 15% off your purchase. Go to 10,000.cc slash frank to receive 15% off your purchase. That's 10,000.cc slash frank. Now back to our show. One sentence on that topic, one sentence in the New York Times article jumped out at me. That sentence is this, quote, The documents in question are believed to have been kept in the residence of the White House before they were boxed up and sent to Mar-a-Lago. Huh. Does that sound like an accidental office packing mistake to you? Why would boxes of classified documents be moved into or stored in the president's residence in the White House unless there was some deliberateness to this. There's some saying the case could just be focused on lower-level staffers. Eh, It was lower-level staffers who moved the boxes into the residence. It was a mistake. But, you know, again, I disagree with that. In my experience, 25 years in in government, dealing every day with classified information, it's those lower-level Lower level staffers, particularly the career staffers, whose job it is to know the rules and regs on storing, retention of classified docs, those folks follow the rules, unless, of course, they're ordered not to follow the rules. So, why then might someone order low level staffers to not follow the rules in the form of 15 boxes of classified, even top secret? classified information. Well, maybe, just maybe, there's more to this case than just the mishandling of documents. So I'm going to issue my conjecture alert, my Frank Figluzzi theory alert, and that's all it is. And you get what you pay for. And so here goes with why this might be more than just a mishandling case. If there was a deliberateness to this retention and ultimate extraction of classified documents from the White House, if someone told lower-level staffers to do this, to violate their own regulations and policies, if DOJ believes they have something that might overcome a Trump defense that he simply declassified the docs using his authority, why would that even happen? What would get us to that kind of scenario? Well, The devil may be in the documents themselves. That's why DOJ needs to look at each and every document for content in order to determine whether those documents hold some value for Trump or his family members that would benefit them personally or professionally or politically in some way. So what might that be? 
Well, it's no secret that the Trump family has always been about financial profit. That's what they're all about. They even embellish and lie about their financial value. And during the Trump administration, they've been about parlaying their power into personal profit. You'll recall the fiasco around Jared Kushner being found unqualified for a top-secret clearance, yet he got one anyway. Why? Why did he need all that access? Well, post-presidency, we've even learned that Jared Kushner sealed a $2 billion deal with the Saudi Arabian government, a deal to invest their sovereign wealth, the wealth of their nation, in Kushner's brand-new private equity firm, This happened despite the fact that an independent board hired by the Saudis told them not to do it. There's too much risk, too much newness. Everything was wrong about this deal, but the Saudis did it anyway. The same Saudi government that wasn't pressed hard at all about their role in the assassination of journalist Jamal Khashoggi and the role of the prince, MBS, in that assassination. What if, and again, we're clearly in the conjecture realm, what if some of those documents in those 15 boxes have something to do with the intel reports on MBS, on his role in the assassination of Jamal Khashoggi? What if other documents provide similar leverage for the Trump family in future business dealings with their friends, with their Enemies, a kind of extortionate use of classified documents after a presidency. What if there is a deliberateness to those documents, piece by piece, page by page, paragraph by paragraph, that somehow might have been perceived as helpful to the Trump family moving forward? We're in the conjecture realm, but when it comes to the Trump family, nothing is outside the realm of possibility. And the scenario I've laid out is more likely than not. That's my special edition of The Bureau with Frank Figluzzi. Join us next time for another trip behind and beyond The Bureau. The Bureau is written by Frank Fagluzzi and executive produced by Allison Gill with sound design and editing by Molly Hockey with podcast art design by Johanna Coxeter. Music for The Bureau is written and composed by Peter Rydberg. The Bureau is a proud member of MSW Media Network, a collection of independent creator-owned podcasts focused on news, politics, and justice. For more information, visit mswmedia.com. 